Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Back by popular demand, Elliot Anderson, psychotherapist, master's in counseling, master's in divinity as well. He's a pastor, as you guys know from our prior conversations. And Elliot is here to talk about kind of part two to the last conversation we had. We spoke about the father wound. We talked about the influence of fathers on our lives in general, but most specifically how that father relationship impacts our relationship style, the people we attract, the people we're attracted to, all of that stuff. You guys love that episode. So thank you so much for all the feedback. It was really such an honor to hear that Elliot, what he shared, really deeply touched you. And I think for some of you, you mentioned that you even had some epiphany, some aha moments, understanding that what's going on right now really is rooted to what you experienced as a child with your father. And because we talked about this stuff so extensively, you guys said, you know what? How about moms? Because some of you said... You know, the father stuff was interesting, but I think that there's some mother wound that could be addressed and I could probably use some support and some teaching in that realm. Elliot, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Karen. It's uh, great to be back on the show. And I am honored that your listeners found some possible healing, education, inspiration, encouragement, and uh, excited to be back on the show. Yeah, thank you so much. I was really pleased, like I said, to see that this was obviously a, a topic that deeply resonated with listeners. So when we're talking now about mothers, what do you see as some of the key issues and concerns that clients will experience as they're in therapy with you? I think the first thing to comment on is the mother wound, meaning endament, neglect, lack of emotional support, encouragement, bond, unconditional love, that mother wound is so much more rare than the father wound. So I have not seen nearly as many mother wounds as I have father wounds, but I have seen enough to I think offer some potential insight. So I think one of the biggest differences I see from a female perspective, most of the father wounds I see in, in the young woman get represented in her value and her position to her man. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not strong enough. Uh, I, I don't feel I can give him what he needs. And, and it's this context of, of off of the man. I see a woman who's had the mother wound, a mother who did not care for her and support her, encourage her. It's more reflected in her own validation. So it's, it's how she feels in the core of self. Even if she's doing a great job trying to love her man, her lack of belief in self in two particular areas. One, I see a loss of femininity in her belief in the femininity, what it means to be a woman, to be soft, to be warm. And I know I'm giving stereotypes here. I am old. Uh, <laughs> in that context of, of the uh, feminine sweetness even. And, um, and then the maternal nature in itself. Uh, it's interesting to me that I'll have 20, 22, 24-year-old women who had a mother die when she was young or a mother leave the family when she was young. And even if she got a great stepmom as a replacement per se, she still really struggles with that aspect of, do I even want to be a mom? I don't think I have the mother gifts. I don't think I could ever give a young child what I didn't get. Yeah, there's so much that you just referred to. First of all, 
Yes, some of these are going to be stereotypes that we're going to be talking about, but they also are grounded in what we see in male-female behavior, even in the animal kingdom, Mm -hmm. certainly with non-human primates, chimps and apes. So for someone who who bristles against this and thinks that this is just the patriarchy talking here, we're really looking at science. And that's more for another conversation, but just suspend your your frustration with maybe the times when these roles have been abused and manipulated and not cherished, but then recognize that, yeah, oftentimes, and I would say most of my community, the, the women who listen to this show, they certainly want to be strong, independent, empowered women, but they also like being able to be all those things and also enjoy their feminine softer side that you speak to. And so I hope that there is that we can just say we're speaking from science. We're also speaking from years of experience working with couples and dynamics that seem to help couples thrive and really appreciate and respect and honor one another. So please, if some of these uh, stereotypes kind of rub you the wrong way, please give us a little grace here that we're trying to come at this from a place of sincerity and honesty and healing and hope. So when you talk about a mother wound and a woman who then has a hard time even recognizing herself, it sounds like our same-sex parent ends up providing almost a mirror. We look to how we reflect our own femininity in our mother. She's my primary understanding of female, of woman, and I'm a woman. So how do I measure up? And if that mirror or that role model has not been nurturing, loving, kind, warm, then I may turn away from feminine energy. Maybe I'm going to recoil from that. It sounds like that's what you're saying a little bit. And then even doubt my own ability to give nurturing kindness, warmth, and love to a child, perhaps. A, it's not natural for me to maybe move in that spirit. And B, even if I want to, I don't think I'm necessarily capable. So a lot of the women, it's interesting, I've counseled many women who are extremely successful vice presidents, you know, CEOs of, of companies, things of that nature. And they'll come to me later in their life, so in their 40s and 50s, and essentially are asking me to help be more womanly. Uh, many of these women have more friendships with guys than they do mm-hmm. ladies. Mm-hmm. They're more familiar and comfortable with very direct, quick messages, understand where you stand, responses. And they prefer that rather than the more emotional, let's bond and talk over a long lunch, Let's where a guy says, well, let's coffee in 10 minutes, we should be good to go. Mm-hmm. So that's a fascinating uh, aspect of it as well. And and not that these women are, are coming to me necessarily saying, well, I'm empty, but I want fullness. Mm-hmm. I want some holistic aspects or I'm married and I know my husband would like more from me and I'm really struggling to feel that validation from the reflection you're talking about. Uh, and so one of the aspects, of course, and how do I recover some of that more holistic nature of my femininity is again, like we talked about last time with father wounds, looking for some spiritual mothers, mm-hmm. looking for a godly woman or a woman you trust or you know that seems to have a balance, or maybe you know her journey. Maybe she's been through a mother wound herself and seeking that kind of relationship. The mentoring process is so important. Yeah. When we're talking about this wound, I'm thinking about a couple of the responses that I received from listeners. Some people talked about a mother wound in general. Some people talked about they think maybe their mother had some narcissistic tendencies. As we're laying the foundation, what would happen in childhood that could leave a wound? Like you said earlier, it's much more common, sadly, and this again is probably related to our animal instincts, that men can and do depart. But a a mother wound is going to typically come from a woman who's there. She's Mm -hmm. present. However, that mothering that she's giving may be 
in the narcissistic realm to a degree. It may be that she's so depressed from her own wounds that she has nothing to give or little to give other than I'm here, I'm putting food on the table, I'm putting a roof over your head. Talk about family systems. One of the things we do is to try to, as we individuate from our family of origin, is to try to emotionally and cognitively be able to see our parents as people. And I know many of my listeners would be doing that. They'd be going, okay, I know that my mother didn't give me a lot. Also, I know as an adult, she didn't have a lot to give. What kinds of behaviors or emotional experiences do people go through that then leave that wound? Yeah, there's, like you said, because it's so rare that they actually depart. Right. Most of the time, the woman who is there then that creates this mother wound for her children, her parenting is based on self, not on her kids. Yeah. And and so if you have a mother who is self-centered or narcissistic and the existence of her children is more for herself, mm-hmm. man, the children then get caught in this pleasing game and, and never feel like they have a full separate identity. Right. It's always about what they're giving to mom are providing for mom, and and if she's truly narcissistic or so self-centered that she's ruthless in that, then she will manipulate them as well, and it's a constant game and, and inner balance. So many of the women that come to me, and there's not that many, but the ones who do come to me with mother wounds often have such an enmeshed relationship with their mother, they can't even see separation. And I've even had a woman say in a session, I'd like to come again, I have to check with my mom. This and woman she, this was, woman was like in her 30s. She felt so guilty about talking about her mother in any context. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that example of that enmeshment, that entanglement, and that whole perspective of the child is for me. I'm not for the child. Yeah, I wrote down emotional enmeshment. I wrote down boundaries mm-hmm. uh, because it's about my needs must be met. And you, child, are not here on this earth to grow and develop and me to build into you and certainly pass on values of integrity and character so that you can be a solid citizen and do whatever God has you to do in this world. But no, 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 you're created to meet my needs. And especially as we talked about, if that father has taken off, of course yeah. now she's not getting that yeah. that love from her husband. The marital subsystem has now been broken. So oftentimes a wound could happen even more acutely in a single family home. I'm not trying to disparage our Mm -hmm. single moms. They are out there. They're warriors. They're champions. At the same time, we have to be honest about what we see. And oftentimes, especially now with young men, they can get pulled up. So a son could get pulled up into that hierarchy to now be part of the marital subsystem. Again, emotionally speaking, I need to now meet my mom's needs, not as a son being a compliant, good, obedient son, but now I'm pulled up to be the emotional support for my mother because my dad took off. And how confusing that is and how those loyalties can get confusing, like like your client feeling that she still owed her mother an explanation for an adult decision that she was an going to An affirmation of her willingness to heal. And, and the individuation, whoever ends up rising in the, in the family system if dad departed to kind of join mother, and it yeah. happens with ladies as much as it does the guys, that individuation process is awful. That's so hard. Because then it feels like a divorce. Then right. you feel like you're letting your mother down. I'm working with a couple right now, exactly happening. Um, and now they have a relationship. They think they're going to get moved towards marriage. And it's so difficult to even imagine stepping outside. And and the mothers who are really, um, I don't know any other word to say, but almost sick in this realm emotionally, boy, they will torture their, mm-hmm. let's talk about a woman here again. They'll torture their oldest daughter in particular. She's kind of risen up to take care of the kids and everything as well. And serve as that symbiotic connection. And uh, boy, that gets difficult. Normally that individuation ends up being 
catastrophic, you know, mm-hmm. complete separation or mm-hmm. a big yelling match, screaming match and get out of my house. I don't ever want to see you again. Won't bless the marriage, won't bless the work, won't bless the college, whatever that separation is. And sometimes if it's a significant level of narcissistic mothering, there's really not a whole lot of other options in order to get your freedom. It sounds terrible, but without kind of breaking that pretty harshly, it's going to be really difficult to get out. In family systems, we talk about that disengagement is not ideal. It's not what we want, but if there's that level of toxicity in the family Mm -hmm. of origin, it may be a necessary step. We'll pray that it will only be a season, that you'll get that space so that the young person, now the 20 or 30 year old, depending on whatever age they are when they're facing these individuation concerns, that they'll be able to get that space to get that independence. And I coach consistency of your behavior. So say what you got to say to get out, but then don't disown them. Yeah. Continue to show your consistency and be upfront, keep your boundaries, relate, connect, even express love and care and tenderness and stay involved with the other siblings if there are some, but you can't be pulled back in. That, that power has to be separated. And that's a difficult line to walk. And I think sometimes the tendency is to completely disengage. Mm-hmm. And the reason we say that that's not healthy is because then we have an emotional cutoff Absolutely. and our emotional development will stagnate at that level of that cutoff. And that'll go right into your romantic relationship or your marriage for sure. Let's flesh that out a bit. Yeah, so we'll, we'll stick with the same kind of example. So yeah. if you disengage in a, a difficult manner, but then separate completely, your engagement to your, your new man could be entangled still with that disengagement. You don't want to escape into a romantic relationship to get your identity and to get your freedom. Um, and that is a difficult task to work out. So this one young couple I'm working with, they're just in the pre-stages. They're not married yet. We're talking a lot already about, well, how are we going to do this in a healthy way? Recognizing there's going to be some tough waves here. The waters are going to be rising. Uh, and then just make sure we stay healthy individually. We stay healthy as a couple. And we try to stay healthy within the family, especially for the younger siblings still at home. And in this case, the, the father is already gone and has nothing to do with anything. So I have great compassion for the mom as well. Yeah. And, and she's losing a child that has been extremely valuable to her. And, and so what I see happen a lot then is that similar to what we talked about last week with the father wound, then a, a woman, if we stay in that example, who is leaving a toxic mother who neglected, abandoned, didn't sacrifice, she will again enter into this relationship with her man and and just want him to be everything, right. even more comprehensive right. than a father wound. Right. And want him to be essentially her girlfriend and her boyfriend and her yeah. mother. And it's just way too much. And sometimes in the session, you can see the guy just, he's just like paralyzed with, I don't know how to give yeah. her what she's asking for. And sometimes it's not even a ridiculous ask. It, it can be a very simple ask. Like, I really like it if you would sit down and talk to me, you know, an hour or more a night. And well, for some guys, that's a big challenge. Yeah. Or I wish you would just update me on your day five or six times. And he's like, I, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> How about once a week? You know, whatever <laughs> that context might be. Yeah. Um, and so there's some variables there that are really tricky. And if we can, in this case, with this one young couple, we're seeing it very, very early. So we're getting a chance to hopefully lay a whole yeah. foundation of how to do this appropriately. But when it comes in 20 years in, that's already starting to pass down to the next generation and, and looking for that that entanglement and trying to detangle. Yeah. It, it's yeah. really, really complicated. The mother wound, I think, is far more comprehensive than the father wound. Well, I think you identified it, and I hadn't really thought about it until we just had this conversation right here, which is the mother wound. Typically, it's going to be more grave if the father's gone. So we're, we have compounded mm-hmm. hurt, compounded Absolutely. woundedness, because dad's gone, so now the daughter has to be all in all to the mom who's already suffering her own loss of the marriage. 
Let's connect on social. I'm most active on Instagram, where I post original quotes, infographics, and I tackle trending topics in my love smarter, not harder IGTVs. On Insta, you can find me at Dr. Karen, D-R dot K-A-R-I-N. I'm also on Facebook at Dr. Karen Anderson Abril and on Twitter at Dr. Karen Anderson. So let's talk specifically about some of the messages. Sometimes we look back on some of the messages we, we received or we see with fresh eyes or hear with fresh ears rather the messages that we're currently hearing and we realize, oh, I thought that was normal, but oh, I'm realizing that that actually was enmeshment. Yeah. That was something that was my mother's asking more of, of me than what is reasonable and loving. The way that she's communicating to me right now is actually from her woundedness and it's wounding me. Do you have any examples of yeah, some of the a, messages? A couple. One is this context that your new man, honey, does not replace me or have priority over me. And, and the, the message is something like, well, you still have to ask me before you ask him really trying to look at that leverage yeah. of the power position. And so like in premarital work, you know, I do a ton of that work as well. We start right off the bat looking at Genesis 2, 23 through yeah. 25 about leave and cleave and yeah. one flesh. And God said, the first thing is leave. And you have to leave the family. What does that look like? Everyone's looks different. Right. Sometimes it's just helping the young woman understand what that means. And no, you know, starting in this engagement process, the man now is first. You get something exciting in your life, he should hear about it first. You get something devastating in your life, he should have it first. And it's yeah. difficult to change those patterns. And many times the toxic mother will shame you to death and guilt you to death or even attack you if you try to put your new man first. That's mm -hmm. just one example that came to mind. Mm -hmm. Or something like, especially if they're now engaged and divvying up the holidays and the guilt and the shame that might be heaped on a young woman if she's like, well, I got to go to Joe's for exactly, Thanksgiving. Yeah. And oh, then I got to throw another one out. Sorry. You know, you know my, my, my brain just hit another one. That's another. why we're doing this. <laughs> I'm trying not to interrupt you like we're little. And, and I'm so used another to Another thing I've seen, <laughs> I'm sorry about that, is the mothers who have almost overindulgent belief in their daughter, mm. all of a sudden she finds a man and now it's disbelief. Mm. Well, you always used to make wise decisions. Mm. Now I guess everything I did for you didn't matter. Mm -hmm. Well, the dude she's hanging out with is awesome. Yeah. Right. But now the mom's going to change that. And mm -hmm. I really don't think you guys are going to make it. Mm -hmm. I mean, these some of these women that report these stories to me, I know some of their mothers. I'm starting to counsel the next generation of people I've known. And it's startling to even hear them. I, I can't believe someone would say that you're likely not going to make it or don't expect your father and I to bail you out. And like, from what? They're doing great. They're both getting their degrees. You know, <laughs> right, there's, there's right, this context right. of the belief, the overbelief. Right. Disproportionate. Uh, di what's the remnant? Yeah, disproportionate. So disproportionate belief is now turned into right. disbelief and really casting doubt. So outsized adoration of your Thank child. Thank you. That was good. Good stuff. It took me a second to. You, you got it. You got it. <laughs> but so this outsized adoration of the child is now the daughter's had this nice foundation. And then the mother goes, oh, really? And pulls the rug yeah. right out from under. Yeah. And, and most time that the man she's choosing, I've seen him either be really, really passive because he won't fight the mother. Right. Or they find someone who's going to stand yeah. and go, heck no, uh -huh. this is now us and we're doing this and causes that friction and that line to be challenged. And, and again, if the mother feels, wow, this is some strength, she's going to just go after that daughter and just pepper her with the guilt and, mm -hmm. and, and sadness. You know, it makes me so sad that mm -hmm. uh, you're going to do this now when I've encouraged you, you know, all those kind of things. So if this is my family I'm dealing with, I want to grab the mom and I just want to say, mother, please get a life. Stop. Just stop. 
Like you are so. Do you want to be the parent consultant for my my premarital couples? Also yes. <laughs> yes. Actually, I want the whole family together, though. Honestly, <laughs> that would be, yeah, be, be ideal, right? Sorry I mean, to interrupt you. No, I just I just want the mother to see that the loving thing is to allow this transition. These are developmental transitions, and families are always crisis moments. They're always difficult for everyone because change is hard for yeah. most people. But certainly, when someone has been used to having their child meet their emotional needs, which again, as we were yeah. speaking to, that leaves a mother wound. And the solution often Almost harder to heal than neglect or abandonment. So speak more to that. So you're saying in the rare cases when a mother does utterly abandon or neglect the child, that's easier to heal than that's this like a enmeshment? Death. Mm-hmm. So there can be a grieving point of separation and loss and mourning. And okay, I need to become my own woman because my mom left. But the mom who's still there and plays all these emotional games and the young women, I can see them sometimes on my couch, disassociate. Literally, her eyes kind of go back and she she can't stay there at the moment because she's immediately thinking, I couldn't possibly set this boundary. I can't possibly separate myself in this way. So it's a much longer, harder process to heal from, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I did an entire episode with a psychotherapist named Mary Beth Samich. And we talked about enmeshment. And one of the things that we talked about, which really is germane to this conversation as well, is that in many families, unfortunately, love and enmeshment are conflated. Yes. And people truly believe, they truly believe, mm-hmm. th- this is love. Absolutely. That, like uh, those other families with boundaries, they don't love each other very much. They're, they're really distant family. You can tell that they're not close. Yeah. And we are very proud of how close we are. And we judge other families that, again, to your mind and my mind, have more appropriate boundaries. There's this judgment. And so because, and I'm thinking of, of the young girl on your on your couch who is now dissociating because in her mind, what you're asking her to do to create a boundary, which may be a very simple boundary. Well, they usually are. She's, yeah, you got to start with baby steps, yeah. right? She's literally thinking, you're asking me to tell my mother I don't love her anymore. Absolutely. You're asking me to slap her in the face, right. reject her and... And she's not as worried about herself. That gives me the indicator right away. She's more worried about her mom's response, not how it feels for her to set a boundary or challenge. It's how's mm-hmm. mom going to respond. I can't do that right now. She's going through too hard of a time. Right. And I'm like, but you're on my couch because you're going through a hard time. Again, seeing the world through mom's needs, mom's eyes, not their own. Yeah. It, it's sad. It's difficult. And another thing I see, I see a lot of women then will choose who have this mother wound, will choose a male partner who's very emotional. Mm-hmm. Because they wrestle with their own emotional connection and aligning with, you know, what we think, what we do, what we believe. They, that alignment of mind, heart, soul, they wrestle with that so much. So they find a man who's really emotional in a good way. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about a bad way. Very emotional. And he kind of carries the emotion. And he can carry even into the family systems issues to get the individuation. But he can't do all the work. No. And so sometimes I see her take a passive role and kind of, well, he's going to do this. And, yeah. and he's going to do this for us. And, can he be the one to talk to my mom? And I said, no, no, not right, not right now. Maybe when you're married, maybe there's something inappropriate, sure, but we're going to go family line first, and this is for you and your growth and your separation, and especially in a premarital state, it needs to be the family of origin, connecting with the family of origin. Well, when you said that example there, and then also the one you said a few minutes ago, I was thinking about if she's with an emotional man who's maybe a little more tender, then she is... I'm guessing she's taking that woundedness that she experienced and she's looking for someone maybe who could, and I'm hoping that could be a healing element of the relationship. Whereas if she goes for someone who's super strong, 
I think oftentimes what could be happening is her abdicating her role in individuating and saying, I'm with this really strong kind of- He'll get us out. He'll do battle Mm -hmm. with my mom. For me. There you go. Yeah. And so she's going to remain- And often blame the boyfriend to the mother. So she's triangulating. Yeah. So mom then, of course, says it's all about the guy. It's all about the new guy. And and she won't block that because it's too scary, too, too difficult. Let's speak just a moment about triangulation since you brought that up. So in this case, she doesn't mean to, but by virtue of going for this guy, she's hoping that he will then do that battle. So there's that triangle that forms. And then she can maintain that, but mom, I just, you know, yeah. I, I'm in love with this guy and it just, but I still love you, but without being able to woman up, so to yeah. speak, and say, mom, Yes, I'm your daughter and I'll always be your daughter and I love you, but I'm an adult daughter now. And that's different than being a child daughter. And that's the kind of coaching I give right there. Start with those kind of statements, just rising up into a sense of your own femininity, your own power Mm -hmm. without being obnoxious or someone completely different than you. But just starting those baby conversations just to always start it with, mom, I love you so much. You've done so much for me. Right. But I'm getting getting to an age where I need to be able to set my own boundaries, my own decisions. I always will take you into account, share with you when I can. And, you know, everything you're trying to maintain assurance of relationship. Mm -hmm. But you got to have your own space and freedom. And that triangulation, we all do it some. Oh, yeah. But that triangulation in these deeper toxic issues, that can spin on you for your entire lifetime and sabotage your relationship, your own health, your own spirit, your heart, and really do a lot of damage. If you're looking for some in-depth support, head over to my website, loveandlifemedia.com and click on the Work With Me tab to schedule a consultation. Consultations will help you clarify underlying emotional and psychological concerns, will target limiting beliefs and thought patterns, will learn empowering techniques from cognitive therapy to sustainably elevate your mindset and mood, will identify relationship dynamics which are impeding your goals, and we'll together generate a concrete plan for moving forward to help you thrive in love and life. Schedule your consultation today at loveandlifemedia.com. I'd love to work with you. One of the other aspects I, I see for women who have the this wound or, or this block or their separation is with their children. And so whether they have a man or not have a man, they have this aspect of not being able to kind of fully move into their maternal spirit. Uh, I've even had mothers who have uh, called me or their husbands have called me and said, hey, nothing happened with baby number one, baby number two, but baby number three, they don't want a parent. Um, Sometimes it's postpartum. Other times it's just this recognition of, oh, this is the time when my mother checked out. Mm-hmm. my mother left after the third baby or my mother had a mental breakdown after the third baby and you, and you look for those systemic mm-hmm. patterns again and that's a different relationship with the man because often the woman in that maternal wounded stage of their mother wound in their own now they recognize I'm wounding my kids mm-hmm. I have nothing available for my husband right now mm-hmm. I barely can take care of the basics for my child and it's just a whole other interesting realm. I don't know how many of your listeners have kids as well, Mm -hmm. um, single moms or or others, but it's another dynamic that really fluctuates uh, and and is challenging. Well, when you were talking, it occurred to me that someone with that mother wound, we talked about earlier in the program, they potentially would doubt their own ability, right? And especially if you look at these generational patterns. And uh, here's another difference between father wound and mother wound that I see. Father wounds tend to be more constant for a woman. 
It's glaring issue. She knows she wasn't adored and cherished and, and felt that paternal love upon her. But the mother wound, especially because mothers don't often leave, I see with women, it's more fleeting. She'll be doing fine, and then all of a sudden it hits. Uh, and then she all of a sudden feels, I have nothing to give my man. I can't possibly give him what, you know, often it's already, they're already moving towards engagement. They're already doing great. And then all of a sudden something happens. She gets closer to that age, or maybe the blaming's coming or the triangulation's starting. So I see it in a different pattern than the father wound that I think is just there. It's usually a hole that's obvious. Uh, the mother one, I think, is up and down a little bit and often happens, as I said, in family rather than marital system first. Mm. <laughs> as we talk, I'm just thinking, any of those people who still think, I don't know, I don't know if therapy's for me, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's for everybody. It's for everybody. <laughs> I mean, when you know. mention one point again before I forget. So if you're a woman without a mother wound, and you're dating a man who has a mother wound. Men who have mother wounds are more dangerous than men with father wounds. Again, that masculine, masculine thing, there's almost this built-in, well, my dad kicked me out of the house and I deserved it, or my dad beat me sometimes, but I deserved it. And maybe he stays in this very assertive, aggressive spirit. But the men I've worked with who have a mother wound, a mother who rejected them or abandoned, neglect them, these men usually hate women usually very angry at women. And so that, I'm not saying that's true for every man. Mm -hmm. So if you're dating one, don't give up on them. I'm just saying it is tends to be a much more difficult, toxic piece. And so making sure you're looking for signs of ultra control or ultra dominance, even if he's super romantic one moment and then super controlling the next, all those kind of triggers that can take place for a man. I'm not giving up on all men who have mother wounds, but that's really got to be dealt with in a more significant way. Or he just is so demanding of his woman to fulfill everything. Mm -hmm. You know, mother me, mm -hmm. love me, romance me, sex me, cook for me, mm -hmm. do everything, even if he's mm -hmm. successful himself. And it just makes a, almost unattainable expectation for a woman to fulfill. So I think that father, father wounds are tough. Mother wound for a husband is even tougher or boyfriend. Dan invented it because I kept burning my tongue on my black coffee. And then we realized the perfecter could do so much more. It's the only way to brew coffee or tea and then immediately ice it for iced coffee or iced tea without watering down the flavor. It also brings bourbon to a perfect chill, again, without diluting it or bruising the flavor notes. But my favorite application, wine. The Perfector takes your room temperature red to the recommended low 60s in just 20 seconds. And as a bonus, the Perfector aerates your vintage as well. Check out all the Perfector's applications, including bringing white wine to its most flavorful temperature at drinkperfection.com. Love and Life listeners can use promo code PODCAST at checkout for 20% off your Perfector. I'm going to pull up some of the questions we got from listeners. So someone is asking, how does it affect, how does a mother wound affect my dating relationships? If you're not currently with a boyfriend, think again about what you're choosing and why. Mm -hmm. Again, you might have a pattern of certain guys you tend to go out with, but if that pattern's not a healthy one or you keep getting the same kind of guy, then try to look about what is the commonality there in these men and not stereotyping all men, but checking out and go, okay, well, if I'm constantly getting a very emotional man, but that he, he has no assertiveness, he won't stand up, or a very feminine man, often women with mother wounds fall in love with gay men. I see that pattern a lot as well. So looking for who am I falling in love with or who am I kind of pursuing? And that hard work we talked about last time about really sitting down, even if you have to write it out or talk to some girlfriends you trust or mm -hmm. finding a, a mother mentor, spiritual mother, a mother mentor and asking about, okay, here's what I say I want. 
here's what I keep getting. Yeah. So let's look at that mm-hmm. process. Yeah. Second question. How does a mother wound show itself in daily love life of an adult? Again, that's where I talk about the inconsistencies, where you have a mother wound as a woman, and one day you seem all in, you're emotionally connected, you're bonding with your man. Nothing changed the next day. He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do something stupid. You didn't have anything catastrophic happen. You wake up the next day and you're unsure about all of it. Mm-hmm. So I see that inconsistency of the self-validation. Usually it's not he's bad, it's I'm bad. Mm-hmm. I can't give him what he needs. It's just, he's a great guy, but mm-hmm. it's just too much. I can't, he'll find out eventually I'm flawed. I'm mm-hmm. too weak. I, I'm too vulnerable. I'm, I don't have enough to give him. And it's not necessarily the I'm not beautiful enough. It's more that inner soul stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have enough depth of soul mm-hmm. to be the woman he wants. He deserves more. Mm-hmm. So I might have to mm-hmm. you know, back out. And then the next day she's fine again. So that's where I see it represent itself in that kind of pattern of the daily, more inconsistent than the father wound tends to be hovering over the relationship all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it strikes me as I think about how some women will say things like that, where they'll say, I don't know if I have what it takes. And they're doubting their even their ability to form a connection. Maybe they've been told they're emotionally unavailable, right, by a past boyfriend. And I'm always saying, yeah, that may be true, but it could be just by virtue of the fact it's the wrong partnership. So there's that tension. And we were speaking to this last time as well, but I think it bears repeating because, I mean, like my ex-fiance said, well, you were emotionally unavailable the whole time. I was. Because <laughs> I, 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 I was right. Yeah. I, I was in the, I mean, that was one of our real wicked fights at the end. But yes, I was. But it doesn't mean that I'm chronically and universally speaking emotionally unavailable. So one of the things I try to encourage the listeners who pose that question is to say, okay, well, do you have the capacity to have deep intimacy with friendships with appropriate, inappropriate context with family yeah. members, right? So is it really that I cannot form an emotional attachment and bond? No, I can. I see that I do that in these other deep connections that I have. Then if that's there, it's evidence that you have it within you. When you get the right connection, you will be able to be emotionally For available. Sure. But that's tough because, again, it goes it's to that nuance. Back and forth. Right. Of that nuance of, is this about me? And that's why I can't get the relationships right? Or is it, I just haven't met the right person yet? Yeah. And, an, and a woman with a mother wound will sometimes mirror of a man with a father wound, meaning she almost take on a more assertive physical sexual relationship and do her intimacies backwards. So instead of building some emotional, mental intimacy, or even soul intimacy or spiritual intimacy, if they're believers, they go jump right into the sex intimacy, and then hoping that'll get the emotions they need, and it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and I've actually been with couples where the man's like, the sex is awesome, but I would like to put it on the shelf for a while. You know, how many times you hear that from a guy? Very rarely. Yeah. But he's like, <laughs> it, it feels like I'm just another body. Right. He starts to feel what we know is more usually a, a masculine issue with mm-hmm. women. So that's fascinating to watch, and, and she will often express, yeah... I'm trying to find the emotional connection through the sexuality. And, and then I just feel uh, sleazy myself. I right. just feel like I'm, I'm trying to get something I can't get. So it's just an interesting wrinkle yeah. in that mother wound perspective. Not all women, of course, do that, but it does happen a lot. Yeah, that's interesting because, yeah, stereotypically we think about women have sex to get love. Men have... Can, yeah, get the emotionality out of the sex. Right. Then, then they're available. Right, right, right. Yeah. And the and men are the opposite. just a little yeah. bit with mm-hmm. a, mother and a, a woman with a mother wound. Another question, what are the effects on women and how can we resolve those effects that we see in us from a mother wound? Man, thank you for that question again, because I wanted to make sure I hit this point today. The last two, two times we've been on the podcast together, this is some deep, heavy stuff. 
And by what your listeners have sent back, it's resonated and even some grieving and redemptive healing going on in the process. And so I think it's really important, since you and I are such big fans of CBT, to say, okay, I'm wounded, but I'm a survivor. Yeah. I have a wound, but I'm dealing with it. I, I recognize issues, but I'm going to be strong. And not all since say, well, this is why I'll never be able to have a good relation. This is why I'll never get married or I'll never have kids or whatever that issue is. And, and so it's making sure as we penetrate these issues and listeners are hearing them and reflecting and saying, oh my goodness, this is me, use as a catalyst for change mm-hmm. and growth and even excitement. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can embrace this and I can work through this. I can find a spiritual father, find a spiritual mother. I can reconcile with God if I need to. I can do whatever step I need to do to get that holisticness so I'm available and I can give my new man or my old man everything he needs, Mm. I need, and we need. So powerful. So, so, so what I want this podcast to be about. We identify our areas of challenge so that we can then address them informed and empowered. Fix it. (laughs) <laughs> okay, that was my dad also. That's the next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> fix it. So we yeah. fix it. And I don't mean that we're, we're always works in progress. It's not to say that, oh, you better get perfect before you yeah, will be. It's not a determinant fix right. it. Yeah. But to the same point, this area of concern that I have identified is not now the label that I wear around town all day. Oh, I have a mother wound. Therefore, this is what I can expect from me. That's limiting. Yeah, the belief then is that I can never make it. Instead of the belief is, oh, wow, this is going to make me better. Yes. And so the couples, and you know, you've talked to some of my couples too, because I've sent them to you, that have embraced the father wound in particular, and then got some specific healing through it. I become a spiritual father and they have other mentors they have better love, better emotion, better sex, everything on the other side when yeah. they get that healing. And and I know some of them would be available to even talk to your listeners if they needed to, just saying, yeah. do the work, walk through it, wrestle through it, write through it, speak through it, teach through it, and, and trust them, trust the process that on the other side, there's a fullness and a wholeness waiting that you've never even knew possible. But we believe it. We We know it's out there and we go for it. Yeah, we, we talk because those beliefs, those are the foundation through which we are experiencing our world, through which we are seeing our world, thinking about our world. We literally cannot overestimate how powerful that belief is, because that is absolutely the lens through which I am experiencing everything. And sadly, we know from the confirmation bias, if I assume and if my belief is that, oh, I identified this wound and now I'm crippled for life, metaphorically speaking, yeah, you will be. Yeah, you will be. Absolutely. Yeah, you will be. And, and Jesus says we are to have an abundant life. So those in the faith that look at me and go, well, our marriage is kind of bad. This is probably where it's going to be. Can you just help us not be bad to the kids? I'm like, no. <laughs> Wrong guy. No, Wrong therapist. If you want to have a good marriage and heal this thing and, and trust the Lord to work through it and in it and actually be a blessing to others, Second mm. Corinthians 1, we are going to receive this comfort, learn and teach, and then we're going to pass it on to others. But that shift is so important in the perspective to believe that we can have this. And Jesus calls us to abundance. He doesn't call us to mediocrity. Mm. Very similar to Jesus and dad in this context. Yes, You are meant to achieve. You're meant to lead. You're meant to grow. You're meant to teach. You're meant to inspire. You're meant to motivate. And I think that's true for everybody, mm-hmm. not just the Andersons and our desire to perform. So <laughs> I think it's very true. And, and we have to pass that belief on and, and get that self-love ultimately. Not self-love based on, oh, I'm cool. Self-love saying, God, you are my child. God says, you are my child. I will heal your wound. I will carry you through. I will pass you on and redeem you. And that's, that's powerful stuff. It takes time. And if you didn't have that growing up, be sure that you are actively 
and intentionally and aggressively looking for that yeah, message, that those messages in in your life. And Be- it's totally fine to yell at God, to scream at God, yeah. to cuss God out. King David gave us the best example in the Psalms. He let God have it many times, and the Bible says his heart was most like his, most like the Lord's. And so, uh, I think sometimes we need to get our anger out at God about what happened. Hey, you you allowed this father wound, you allowed this mother wound. Receive that forgiveness. Sometimes it's, we have to forgive God. That sounds heretical. But in our humanness, we forgive God. It's not in a theological context. It's not heresy. Uh, but we forgive God and say, okay, I trust you, Lord. That's what happened. But now I'm going to be better. Now you can heal me through your spirit and move me on. I'm going to be redeemed and healthier and more whole than I possibly could be if I didn't identify the wound or didn't recognize it or didn't accept it. And now let's get healed and move. I think that's it. <laughs> I think you crushed it. (laughs) I'm inspired. Let's move forward. (laughs) I love that. That is such a beautiful and empowered and empowering and inspiring place for us to wrap things up. Elliot, thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. I would like to pray for your listeners now. Let's do it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share uh, your truths and your word with Karen's listeners. Thank you, Lord, that even when we suffer these wounds, you are the master healer. And Father, that you uh, did not want these wounds to occur. And Lord, you will help us heal them, recognize them, accept them, and gain strength and compassion. And ultimately, Lord, we all have a hole in our heart that is uh, meant for you to be your son and your daughter. And so I encourage the listeners to at least consider that process to uh, seek you out, Lord, and that you say that when we seek you, we will find you. And Lord, for all the hurts, all the pains, all the relationships that have ended in difficulty and challenge and trauma and woundedness, Father, give the listeners uh, your healing hand. Give them friends and mentors and spiritual mothers and fathers to enter into their life and invest and inspire and encourage them and help them to find that self-love and that um, family love and to build the boundaries that are needed and the structure that is needed and to find a therapist, Lord, that is anointed by you in the healing process and May we continue to celebrate these stories. Thank you for Karen and her podcast and the ministry that is. And we just pray, Lord, an anointing and blessing all over, over all the listeners. May you do a mighty work in them. May they receive it, Lord, and grow and change and take charge of their thoughts and charge of their life. Amen. <laughs> he has to make me laugh at all times. <laughs> all right. If you're interested in working with Elliot, he has joined the Love and Life team. Who'd have thought the baby sister was going to have the website and you can work with her older brother? So yeah, check it out. He's doing counseling sessions. If you're in the Chicagoland area, he can see you in person. If not, as so many of you are all over the globe, he can see you virtually and he would love to help be part of your journey toward healing. The Love and Life hack for this week is we're going to borrow from an old truism know thyself and it starts with identifying those wounds as we talked about but not letting them then define who you are know that you're capable that you have within you what it takes to move toward healing to find that healing and like we said if you don't have someone in your life speaking these words of empowerment to you please seek out a therapist a pastor keep listening to us because we are here for you to give you that word of encouragement and empowerment and of faith and hope and belief. 
Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. We are so thankful that you gave us a portion of your day today. We always appreciate your time and hope that it has been edifying to you. If you have a moment, please head over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating, please. And also a few sentences of review that helps others find us so that they can also be encouraged and empowered. And until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson-Abram.